Right here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is episode 53, and the podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute greatest truck bed cover on the planet. Keep that expensive stuff in the back of your truck, in the back of your truck. You don't want anybody getting uh, greasy fingers and taking a five-finger discount on your camera gear and your hunting gear. So if you don't have one, get the insurance policy that is Diamondback Truck Bed Covers. Um, if you like the podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. If you love the podcast, we would absolutely adore you if you would write a review. On this episode, we are going to be talking about the ATA wrap-up. And if you hear me talking and you're, if you're like a lot of the guys I met at ATA show and you listen to a lot of the podcasts, you will, I sound sick, but I'm not sick. I am still trying to get my voice back from talking to... A lot of you uh, listeners and a lot of my buddies uh, in the industry, a lot of people in general, you know, have been doing three days of talking. It didn't help when we went to that uh, social whatever it was and, and the music was so loud you couldn't hear yourself think. And trying to carry on a conversation, you're essentially le- yelling at each other. And that's why my voice sounds like this. So um, on this episode, uh, I can't talk. On this episode, I'm going to wrap up. The ATA show, um, not not really going to give much about products, just because that's not why I was there. Um, I'm going to give you some insight on what I've got coming down the pipe for this year. I can't give you a ton of details on that, but um, I can give you a few details. And uh, I went to the Badlands Film Festival, uh, and we're going to talk a lot about that. So I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it, because... um, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to talk about it yet. I'm going to save the good stuff for later on, and I'm going to try and be as nice and Christian-like as I possibly can. But, man, ATA was an absolute freaking whirlwind for me. Um, We got there Wednesday night, uh, and Chris Irwin, you've heard him on the podcast, he rode with me. Uh, We got up there Wednesday night. We got up there a lot later than I thought, because for some reason I thought Louisville was on Eastern, or not on Eastern time, it was on Central time. And it's not. It's still on Eastern time. So I thought I was going to gain an hour, and I didn't. So great planning on my part. Um, I usually always take that into account, and I took it into account yet again and was wrong. I don't know why. I've been to Louisville several times and through Louisville many times. But anyway, Erwin um, rode up with me, and there's my uh, heater cutting on in my office. So if you hear that sound, I'm sorry. I talked to several of you about how I produce the podcast. It's not perfect. Um, and... Uh, Hopefully, you know, there's a lot of guys listening, so I guess you don't care that much um, because I'm not going to, I'm here for the information. I'm not here to make everything sound perfect and me sound perfect. I mean, I let my little boy come in here the other day and tell me he pee-peed in the potty. So um, anyway, it was an absolute whirlwind. We got there Wednesday night and um, we went out to dinner with a friend of ours, Howard O'Neill from the Management Advantage. And uh, (laughs) I don't know if everyone wants me telling this or not, but he got a... He got choked really bad at dinner. I mean, we had just gotten there, and Howard ended up having to like give him the Heimlich maneuver. Like it was that serious. I thought it was it was like surreal at the time, but uh, he got really bad choked, and he said it's happened to him several times before. So, 
Needless to say, our, our dinner was really interesting. Um, anyway, Erwin's okay for you guys listening. Uh, he was there the rest of the time, and that was his first time to ATA. And from what he said, he had a really good time walking around, meeting people. Um, you know, if, if you don't know Erwin, his Instagram is I know at I know a guy, and uh, and that's because he was at Bass Pro for 26 years, and um, he's one of the most personable people you'll ever meet. So he knows somebody all the time if he doesn't he knows somebody that they know um and it it was really fitting walking around with him at ata because he was worried that he wasn't going to know a ton of people because he did a lot in the fishing side he did a good bit in the hunting side but when he was at bass pro he did a ton on the fishing side the boat side tracker boats and sure enough he knew a ton of people and um and Erwin loves to talk and he's one of those you know everybody loves to talk to him that's what he does every day at the gun shop when he's not um doing photography so you know, he would uh, meet with people and see people that he had not seen in a long time, and they just start talking about old times. And I think he had a really good time, had a really good show, and um, me and him had a good time. Other than the Heimlich thing, other than you know him almost dying on me, but other than that, um, I ran into a ton of listeners, and I say a ton. I thought it was a ton, um, you know, for this tiny little podcast that I do for next to nothing, and. Um, you know, kind of do by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Ran into several guys that uh, talked to me about listening to the podcast, enjoying the podcast, learning from it, which is awesome. You know, that's the reason that I do it. That's the reason that I continue to, you know, talk on this platform in this terrible voice from ATA show. Thankfully, I'm not sick. And hopefully, if you're just gotten back, you're not sick either. But, um, I want to give a special shout out to the Eighth and Time guys, and the Whitetail Legacy guys. I met, um, I met, I, I, I've known the Eighth and Time guys for a while, and uh, got to ha- finally get to hang out with them in a, you know, in a you know more casual setting and talk about things other than just the podcast. You know, hang out and just get to know them more as people. And then I met the Whitetail Legacy podcast guys literally in line standing to go into the Badlands Film Festival and they started talking about the podcast and and I know they listened to the podcast because they essentially were reciting half of what I had said on there which um I, 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 it was absolutely flattering but uh I, I don't even remember half the things that I say but they were reciting things to me that it was for sure me you know it was for sure this podcast so we go into the um we go into the Badlands Film Festival and it was uh it was super cool to be there with people that listen to the podcast that I, you know I felt like I knew them already which I'm one of those guys that can talk to just about anybody and uh to be able to and, and I got to meet a lot of people that I talked to on the phone that I've messaged on social media that I've seen comment that you know all of the above um that, that was really cool for me and uh and and then to do it standing in the Badlands Badlands Film Festival line was even cooler um, because we all got to kind of experience that together, and they, and they had the podcast to essentially critique the Badlands Film Festival off of, you know, all of my words, and we're getting into that very shortly. But I don't know; it was just a very humbling experience, and I really appreciate you guys that took the time to either seek me out or try to find me. And I know there were some guys that had messaged me that I was trying to meet up and wanted to, you know, wanted to meet and everything, and. Like I said, this freaking show was a daggum whirlwind for me, and I, if I didn't get to you, I'm sorry. Um, but don't you know if if you messaged me, you know I get back to you. If you 
need something, holler at me. I'll do the best I can. But uh, I, if I didn't get to, you know, meet up with you, I'm, I apologize. Um, anyway, getting to the film festival. I wanted to really talk about this, and I'm going to try and handle this the best I can with kid gloves. Because I don't want to sound pretentious. I don't want to sound like a prick. I don't want to sound like I'm the greatest producer in the world. Because I am absolutely not. Not even in the top 25%. Um, especially, I mean, I'm talking about in just the hunting world. Um, I know a, a lot of guys out there that are way better at this than I am. They have a way better eye. That are way more creative. Um, but I talked to a couple of people about the, the, the film festival before I went. And I, I went last year. I was only there for about 30 minutes wasn't too impressed with what I saw and um ended up you know more or less talking to you know to people rather than watching the films so uh this year I made it a point to actually watch the films I wanted to see what was out there um what guys were producing what was going to win what it took to win um what production value was there you know all of the above and uh, I got to do that. I actually sat down. I sat with the Eighth and Time guys, talked to the um, White Tail Legacy guys the whole time while we were in the in the line. The gr- the turnout was awesome. Um, there was, God, I don't even know how many people were in there, but that was a huge theater and it was almost slam full. Um, they did some really cool giveaways. They had a lot of people that were really um, interested in that captive audience, which I mean, obviously that's smart. Uh, and there was a lot of guys in that room that I knew. Uh, some of them fellow producers, some of them TV show hosts, some of them you know content creators, all of the above. They were in that room, and uh, that was that was cool for me to see, and it really made me take into perspective. You know, if I were to produce a film, the kind of eyeballs that are going to be critiquing it, essentially as it happens, and um, that's something that you don't get an opportunity to do very often. Um, I was really wanting to do a film this year, and some of the people I talked to, you know, I've been been being begged by a couple of people for two years. Now I kind of know why, because there were some films in there that I, if there would have been some good submissions, some better submissions, I don't think they would have made it. But there's not, you know, and 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 the reason is I think a lot of times in these you know these film festivals, I know guys that would you know make films to crush a lot of those films. But, you know, those guys don't have the time most of the time. I'm not saying that's the case. You know, some of them make the time. And that's what I'm going to try and do this year is make the time to create a film. Because I want to be able to put something that I've done specifically for a film festival um, in front of that, that group of people and get an instant feedback. Now, it might be terrible and I might end up, you know, you know, tucking my head, you know, standing in the back of the room, tucking my head and leaving as soon as it finishes. Nobody claps. Everybody boos. But at the same time... I want to, I want that, I want that feeling, I want to be able to say that I, you know, that was my film, or, you know, vice versa, you know, I had a part in that film, whatever, whatever the case may be, but I digress, um, been planning on doing a film for over a year, and now I'm I'm on a mission, so if you didn't go, and you want to ask the question, how were the films, I'm going to try and be nice, but most of the films, if we want to call them quote-unquote films, in my opinion, lackluster. And I want to, like I said, I want to be as absolutely nice as I can be, but um, it was a lot of the same. 
there was a lot of, and I've said this, and I feel like a broken record, especially after I talked to some guys at the pod, at the at the ATA because they recited things to me that I say all the time. They were more of the same in the fact that they were pretty shots put to pretty music with voiceover. Um, I would say 80% of them were that. The ones that weren't that, the dialogue that they did have, with the exception of one, was usually candid. Essentially, they threw talking in there that was not talking to the camera, that was talking either to someone else in the film or off camera, and it didn't add value. There was no one that created content and told the story like it should have been told in the film in, in, in the field, I mean, to where there was a goal in mind other than just to hunt, you know, other than just to kill. And uh, and that might be the goal they were going for, but just when I think of the word film, I think of a story, beginning, a middle, and an end. And uh, some pretty shots, but another thing that I did see was, um, other than no dialogue, there were more out-of-focus shots than I've ever seen in my life. Out-of-focus shots that were used more than one time. There was, uh, there was a couple times that a song was used and they didn't end their song. There was a couple of uh, bad audio pops, bad places in audio that were simple fixes. Just really mediocre, you know, production overlook you know watching it through and making you know cleaning things up and maybe they were rushed out I don't know I'm not judging I'm just giving my two cents um, the thing that bothered me the most was the opening teaser that took clips from all the films and essentially tried to create a hype video to get you excited for what you were about to see and the hype video did its job most everybody in there got you know pretty excited for watching it but it was the epitome of pretty shots put to pretty music. Absolutely no dialogue. There was a bunch of random black spaces that some of them had purpose. Others of them, I don't know what they were for, where they came from. Um, it could have been so much better. So much better if somebody would have taken the time to edit that thing like it should have been edited. Um... There was no pace changes in any of the films. There was no roller coasters. There's no cliffhangers. There was no... There was some emotion in some of them. Um, the one that won it was about a kid who was uh, uh, only partially mobile. He had a, a degenerative disease that's not curable. And uh, he ended up shooting a mule deer. And uh, it was a really cool story. The kid got better and he's now you know fully mobile. And the, at the end of the film he's running. So it, it told a pretty good story. It did it did a fairly good job. Cinematography wasn't you know amazing or anything like that, but you know that would have been hard a hard one to beat just because of the, you know the really feel good story. Um, the kid was super cute. You know it was it had all the it had all the elements of a, a winning film, and it did win and deservingly so. Uh, it had the most elements in in a film that I would have been happy with winning, um, but. As far as overall, there was just, I feel like a lack of 
overall production in them. I feel like there was a lack of thought put into some of them. Um, there was one in particular that I don't know how it got in there. Uh, it was one of the, uh, there was a couple of shorts at the end that I don't know. Maybe I just didn't get it. Um, I don't know. It was, it was just not my cup of tea. Some people might've loved it, but you know, my personal opinion just, I don't know, didn't get me going. Um, and it might have done the job for some people in that room, but it didn't do it for me. I think I think some of them could have been done been done a lot better. And I know that a lot of these films are working on limited budgets, limited time frames, and um, I don't know. The, I keep going back to the opening scene, essentially, or the opening video that was the, the the hype video. All it was was a good song put to deer porn. Is what it was. It had Elk Buglin, um, you know, the white tails. You know, the deer getting, you know, a couple of the, the deer shots, the elk shots, the pretty scenics in, the, in a cool song. And that was it. Um, you know, if you'd had that footage, or if I would have had that footage, you could have edited something like that to that song in, I don't know, however long it would take to watch through that all those films. So, what, uh, 45 minutes, an hour? So, I could edit that in two hours, probably. And, um... I don't know that that one that one's what really bothered me the most. One of the two films, though, I did I think did think were good, and I, you know I said that, and the vast majority of them were well shot. That's about it. I, I mean, several times, um, several times I heard voiceover that wasn't even needed. Um, there was a, there was a better way of telling that story, and it was the harder way to tell that story. It was having to do some you know do some work in the field. But uh, I don't know, and there was some. There was a lot of shots that were in, to put in there, um, probably sponsor related, and some of them that were very forced, and probably not needed. They were either used to fill time or you know to appease someone that helped pay for the you know the project. I don't know, and, and in a film like setting like that, I just I don't know, just kind of aggravated me. Um, like I said, I mean, I'm looking at my notes, but you know, nobody did much, much messing with time, changing pace. Uh, you know, not a whole lot with emotions. You know, other than the good wholesome storytellers, you know, the good wholesome stories. Um, there wasn't, a, you know, there was nothing there to get me excited. And maybe, and I'm, so I'm sitting here thinking about this and tearing some of this stuff apart. And there's not much on TV that I like anymore. So. Just bear that in mind. You know, there's very few television shows that I find good anymore. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying I'm God's gift to anything. I'm just giving my opinion on what I saw and what I try and create nowadays. And uh, the thought and the effort that goes into what I'm trying to produce. Um, and maybe it was a lack of, a lack of abilities. Maybe it was a lack of time, money, budget, blah, 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 blah. You name it. I felt like this was something I wanted and needed to talk about. I talked to a lot of guys after the Badlands Film Festival about this. And um, so now I figured I would put it out for you guys to go out and look for some of the films that were in Badlands and see what you think. Um, I, I'm not perfect, and I don't want to put a, I don't want to put a film out this coming year, especially after I say this, and you know somebody might throw this podcast in my face and say, "Well, I saw what you just put out, and it was crap," and and it might might be. Um, but I feel like 
there's a lot of room for some cool stuff. And to have something appear like that in front of people that you want to see it, and you want to see the genuine reaction to your work, that's what really I think a lot of guys want to do in there too. And and nobody, you know, obviously nobody booed any of the stuff, you know. Ever, you know, and they were all good in their own way. They just weren't what I liked. Um, so I'm gonna put something in there. And if I do do a film, it's gonna either gonna be one of two things. It's going to be the anti-film, which is going to be completely different than what you're used to seeing in the film world. Funny, slapstick, whatever that may be. Or, I'm going to try and make it over-the-top epic. You know, big-time hunt, crazy location, big time lapses, uh, lots of content creation in the field. And, uh, kind of let the chips fall where they may. But, that's... That's my take on it. So, that's all I've got to say about the Badlands Film Festival. Um, that's my opinion, and my opinion alone. Uh, if you disagree, I, you absolutely can disagree with me. But just my takeaway from it was, I want to do one now. That More than anything, that makes me want, watching that film festival makes me want to make one more than ever. Not to be better than anybody else, but to put my work in front of that group of people and see the reaction uh, and compared to what I've seen now. So, ATA show itself. Got to see a lot of you, like I said. Uh, the ATA was slower in terms of how many people were there, I think. And there were a, there were a couple reasons for that. Um, I think the main reason for it is these companies aren't withholding their new products anymore until ATA show. They're using social media uh, to release or leak or whatever their products before ATA show. And what that's doing is it's giving the general public and especially the dealers that are supposed to be coming to these shows to write orders for new products, it's showing them the new products and not have to come to the show. And I think that's hurting the overall, not only the attendance, but it's hurting the industry as a whole because... You know, I talked to one guy who's a you know the director of a rep group who has a bunch of um, dealers around the country, archery shops, and he said out of all of his you know like 150 archery shops, he said he thinks six of them were there, um, and they are you know and the ones that aren't there, well he will moan and complain about how they can't compete with the internet, but the reason they can't compete with the internet is because the internet has those new products that they don't have in their stores because they weren't there to order them. And, um, and when, 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 and when rednecks, especially in this, in this space show up to an archery shop, they would much rather buy for an archery shop because they want to touch it, hold it, feel it, try it on, you know, whatever the product is. And if the dealer doesn't have it in their store, then they're forced to go to the internet to buy it or they're forced to go to the, you know, those couple stores that do have it. So I think that's not a good thing for the industry. I think another reason that attendance was down is because they're making it harder and harder to get into the show. Um, they're making you really either be a part of the industry or know someone that's in an industry or pay an astronomical amount of money in order to get passes to be inside the show. Um, I, you know, I heard from a couple of booths, you know, bigger booths that said that they might not come next year and the next year because, the attendance is so far down, so ATA is going to have to figure out a way to 
keep bringing people back. Um, another thing I found out is I like Indianapolis better for the ATA show because of the layout. The uh, booth layout's a lot better. Um, and it, after the show, you don't have to drive downtown. Everything happens right there around um, where the show takes place. You don't really have to get in an Uber and go anywhere. So that was kind of a, deter- a deterrent for people to go elsewhere. Um, so I think I think Indianapolis is a better location for the ATA, and I think that's where it's going to be, be for the next, pretty sure at least the next two years, if not the next three years. So the show was great for me personally. Um, I, I don't know how I'm going to do all the work that I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to be able, be doing after some of my meetings, which is, I'm, I'm extremely blessed. Uh, you know, I told my wife, you know, I think we're going to be able to pay our mortgage this year and, um, I'm hopefully going to be doing a lot of content for the new Mossy Oak Go platform. Um, those guys, their initial numbers are pretty, pretty amazing. They've got a lot of cool content coming out themselves in house. Um, I am excited about working on a couple of series, um, a couple of one-offs of film that I'm nervous as a cat about because it's going to be the biggest thing I've ever done. The most involved, the most intricate story. It's going to be, it's going to be really cool, but at the same time, it's, it's going to be expensive. It's going to take a long time and, uh, it's going to be, it's a story that's never been told from a really cool dude. And, um, I'm nervous about it. I've got not a lot of time to get everything lined out for it. And um, I've got to get some help for it, which I've already reached out to a couple of people that I'm looking at, you know, helping me on it because it's going to be a big one and I'm going to need as much help as I can get because, like I've said before, I'm not afraid to say that I'm not the best of anything and I'm not afraid to ask for help. So, um, Got a got a TV show that I might be doing. I've got a bunch of content that I'm hopefully going to still be doing for Rambo and for Diamondback and Diamond Blade Knives and some of the other people that I've been working with this year that have been incredibly great to work with. And some companies, if you're looking for a knife or you're looking for an e-bike or looking for a bed cover, I mean, you know Diamondback. But if you're looking for awesome knives, Diamond Blade are awesome. Um, I've been working with those guys for a little over a year and... Uh, couldn't couldn't talk you know couldn't say anything better about how awesome they are as people, but um their knives are you know un- unbelievable the technology that goes into their knives, their friction forging process for their cutting edge and um just an overall great product um they're they're expensive but they're worth it um and then Rambo you know I've done a lot of stuff with Rambo this year if you follow any of the stuff that I do you know of. Produced, uh, you know, some content for them. Done a lot of photography, and they're looking to spend a little bit more, little more money in the content creation, you know, digital side, which is great news for me. So I've got a couple of videos I need to be working for on for them very soon. So um, it's going to be an exciting year. It's going to be a good year. Uh, I've got several new guests coming on the podcast. I've talked to most of them. I was going to try and get some of them done at the ATA show, and just never got a chance to sit down and lock them down. I mean, I was too busy. They were too busy. It was a good show for guys like me. Um, for guys that are doing what I'm doing, it was a good show. If you're a production company right now, I'll, I I'm, I feel for you. If you've got all that overhead, man, I feel for you. Um, the guys that are you know in the positions like I am that are really 
lean and mean, I think we're going to be in a, in a great spot moving forward. So several new guests, um, several guests that I want to come back, talk more, expand more on what we've talked about. Hey man, just trying to make the podcast better. I'm trying to reach more people. Um, like I said at the beginning, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy it, please go to iTunes and give us a rating and review. Um, that would mean the world to me. If you have questions, please reach out um, on social media at Redneck Tech Podcast or the website rednecktechpodcast.com. And uh, email address is rednecktechpodcast at gmail.com. So it's all pretty easy to remember. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely here to help, guys. That's the whole reason for doing this is to help and to grow and to learn. Um, I answer questions daily from a lot of people. A lot of times it's a lot of the same people because they they found out that, hey, if I message Caleb, he'll answer. And uh, and it might get to the point, and I, and I hope I'll run into this problem, it might get to the point one day where I get more questions than I can get to in a day. But I promise I will do my very best if you contact me with a question that I will respond. And I will not know the answer all the time. And I will tell you if I don't know the answer. But um, if you ever need anything, reach out to me in any of those ways. And I will do my very best to help you. Um, I was talking to Ryer. He's been on the podcast today. He's looking at doing some stuff with uh, different hard drives. And I was actually telling him over text about, you know, what, you know, what I'm running right now, how I'm, you know, consolidating my drives. And uh, I was also telling him about this podcast. So, Ryer, if you're listening, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I hope I didn't sound like too big of a prick while I was doing it. But anyway, um, the camera class is, I'm probably going to close the registration here pretty quick because it's about full. I probably got room for one or two more guys. Um, I think right now we've got, uh, 10 or 11 guys coming. I think I need to go check the numbers and confirmed. It is confirmed. I wasn't going to tease anybody, but Chris Irwin, if you've listened to him on the podcast, he is a photography genius. Uh, he worked for Bass Pro for 26 years. He's taken more photos than probably everybody on this podcast combined in his career. Um, he's taught me so much about photography, Lightroom, shot composition, color, lighting, all those things, and they all translate so well to video. Chris Irwin will be at the class. He will be giving a talk on photography. So, not only will we get videography post-production, but the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Irwin himself, is going to come to the class. Now, this could change, but, you know, things happen in life. But right now, Chris Irwin is coming to the class February 22nd through the 24th in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And I have the address... So I will be sending out an email to all the attendees in the next uh, probably week or so. Put together a group email that uh, sends out to everybody that tells you know what to bring, um, you know what to expect. Maybe an outline of the class, which I think that's actually on the registration. I need to go back and look. Um, it's going to be a worthwhile class. I promise. It's not going to be one hundred and one. It's going to be to the point to where you're getting the most out of your camera, you're getting the most out of your talent, you're getting the most out of your story. And uh, and I want it to be an absolute learning experience because if it's not, I want you to tell me. Um, and you're not going to hurt my feelings. 
well, it would hurt my feelings that I didn't do a good job teaching the class, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings if you didn't learn something, you know, it would be, I would feel bad about, well, that didn't sound right. It would hurt my feelings that I failed you, but I'm, I'm very confident that you will learn something. I'm very confident you will learn a lot of some things. So, like I said, let me know in the class. I'm probably going to close registration in a week or so. So if you're uh, on the fence, I'm talking to you, Whitetail Legacy. If you're on the fence, um, let me know. And uh, I'll try and work something out with you. I'd love to have you there. I'd love to get as many people. Well, as many people. i got a room for about two more, two, maybe three more spots. So, I'm done rambling. And uh, like I said, if you got any questions, holler at me. Thanks, guys. <laughs>